Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast in the class today is sponsored uh, by Sammy Sutton and dedicated in loving memory, excuse me, in uh, honor of uh, our dear Gabay Haron Tochet, and also dedicated in loving memory in Lilu Nishmar Dina Bat Farida, Alea Shalom, sponsored by Lizette and David Gindi and family. And the uh, week of Cobru is dedicated in loving memory of Sammy Syed. Lilu Nishmar Shalom Ben Rivka, sponsored by his son uh, Isaac Syed. Rabotai, in this week's parasha, we read about uh, the, uh, the very first shiduch. It's very interesting. Up until this point, right, there hasn't been any shiduch-related uh, uh, chatter, right? Who does Adam Arishon marry? The only woman in the world. <laughs> very easy, you know, I always say it. If there was, a, you know, J-swipe, there would be only one, you know, he's gehekin, it's no, nobody else. Right? Chava uh, swipes one way, Adam. Adam swipes one way, Chava. There's nobody, you know, so there's no shiduch angst. Then you find Abraham, everyone just takes for themselves a wife. There's no big deal made, you know, over it. The very first time we find this quandary about who someone should marry is where? It's by Yitzchak Avinu. It's the first time. And I think there's a beautiful idea that's brought down amongst great Jewish thinkers that if a person wants to understand any given topic in the world, they should search for the first time that that topic appears in the Torah, because when the Torah discusses an idea for the first time, it's a seminal review of that concept, and on a deeper level, it actually imbues that concept with its reality in the world. Again, let me share what that idea means. It's not just that the Torah chose in the first time discussing that issue to give it a little bit more press coverage. So that's a good place to study the topic. But rather, as we understand, the, the, uh, the Gemara tells us, God looked in the Torah and from it created the world. Now again, the, the, what that means is beyond the scope of a shiur like this in the morning, heke for 20 minutes, but at the same time, the idea that um, reality stems from Torah and not the other way around, would indicate that the first time an idea, a concept, a thing, is described in the Torah, that is its place of creation. So whatever goes into it, in that story, in that original story, is what must go into it in every single time for all of the future, in order for that to be an accurate representation of that idea. So if you want to know what a good shiduch is, look at the first time it talks about a shiduch, and where is that? That is in the time of Yitzchak. Yitzchak's father, Abraham, wants to make sure that his son winds up with the right woman. So he tells Eliezer, please, I want you to go to this place, a place uh, where my family is from. And Eliezer travels to that place. Now the problem with uh, this concept is that it's a very strange idea. Because normally if Abraham would have said to you, you know, please, I want you to find a relevant match for my daughter, you'd think, where's Avraham going to tell you to go? He's going to tell you to go to a place where people have a very similar mindset to him. But what do we know about the place that Avraham was born in? The place that Avraham was told by God to leave behind. We know that the town, after hearing Avraham's views, put him through a furnace of fire. So what in the world is Avraham looking for in this town that he had to leave? It's very strange, right? 
Don't go here. I want you to go back over there. What's going on? So Rabotai, there's uh, a couple of tremendous lessons I think that are here to to learn from. The Sifarim tell us that one of Abraham's defining traits was the fact that Abraham was immovable. He was Ivri, he was Be'ever Hanahar, he was on one side of the river, while everyone else was on the other side of the river. That term, Hebrews, right? The Ivrim, it comes from the fact that Midrash explains that Abraham was able to stand alone on one side of the river while everyone else ideologically stood somewhere else. We too as the Jewish people have merited throughout the times in the world to stand alone, whether it was in the belief of one God, whether it was in understanding and valuing the value of human life, whether it was talking about as a concept, as an ideal to support the weak and the sick uh, and the vulnerable. These were ideas that Judaism gave the world, even when we were alone in those ideals, ideas and ideals. And that's why we say about the Jewish people, they are a people who dwell alone. We're proud of this concept that we are capable of living by our, uh, by our, we are consistent and we stick with our ideals even when it's difficult. Rabotai, when we look at the people of Abraham's area, although they actually got behind the wrong idea, they were people who, wouldn't, he, who would not flip-flop from their ideals. Now, it's true that at the time they believed in Abu Dazara and the ideal was wrong. But the fact that they would stick, that they were consistent that they fought for what they believed in. That even when Abraham seemed to illustrate that their ideas about their gods were incorrect, they still were willing to pose the same question to Hevel, to Abraham's brother. So you see these are a people who don't, they're not wowed by the fact that someone did a miracle or someone seems out of the ordinary. My belief system remains my belief system. Abraham knew that it would take people like that to be able to build his dream of being an Amanifchar. If you have the wrong ideas, you can be taught. If you have the wrong Midot, those are much harder, says the Briskarav, to uproot. So he tells his, his uh, servant Eliezer, he says, I want you to find a wife for my daughter. And it's true that there might be a lot of people over here who are enlightened in the camp of Abraham. He had people who followed in the ways of Hashem. Why is he going back to the place, to the house of, uh, of Lavan? And to the house of Lot? And to the, to the house of, excuse me, of Nahor? What does he have to search out for there? And the answer is that he'd rather work with someone who has good midot than work with someone who has good ideas. Rabbi Tai, we learned from this. You're trying to marry off a child. The very first thing you look for in a match is midot. Even if they're a little bit less religious, but they have better midot, better someone with better midot, who's a little less religious, than someone who's a little more religious, but has a character, which is mushchat. Why? Because to change an idea, needs a person to express to them, to express to them, a new idea. You flip the lights on, you can change someone's mind. To change your mind is easier, than to change your way. Number one, lesson number one in Shidduchim. 
Lesson number two, Rabotai. This is so important. Now, obviously, there's a gulf that a person needs to overcome. Let's say a person has great midot, but he's an atheist, and you're living a religious life. We're not going to say, you know, that because again, you have no... The second thing, Rabotai, is we learn from Eliezer that Eliezer chooses for the wife of Yitzhak somebody that you would not imagine would match with Yitzhak. We know Abraham's midah, what was his midah, his character trait was the midah of Chesed. What was the midah of Yitzhak? Gibura, strength. So when Eliezer gets to town, the prayer of Eliezer should not look the way it does. Eliezer prays and says, I'm going to come to the well, yeah? I'm going to ask someone to feed, to give me some water. I'm very thirsty from having gone through the desert. And the woman who says, not only am I going to give you to drink, but I'm going to give your camels to drink, that's the one. What kind of chesed that is, that not only does she fulfill what's asked of her, she goes the extra mile, she takes care even of animals, not just of human beings. That shows a midah of kindness. Why doesn't he look for someone that has a midah of givura? How come Eliezer says, Hashem, you know what? I'm going to look for the wife now. I'm going to leave jewelry around the well. The first woman who doesn't husho, steal the jewelry, that's someone who's showing good moral character. Givura. Right? I'm going to try and trick somebody into doing a avon. Right? The first person who stands my test and shows that they are strong in the ways of God, that they are someone who could represent the... I'm going to call a minyan for 4 a.m., <laughs> The people who turn up to the minyan, they get themselves out of bed, they show strong moral cap. That's a perfect shiduch, they're exactly like Yitzchak. You know, a lot of times people are looking for somebody who is the female or the male version of themselves. But what we're learning here from Eliezer is that that's not how a shiduch works. That's not how a person finds a good match for themselves. In a certain way, you're looking for someone who is not the opposite of you, but the compliment of you. Avraham, who's the man of Chesed, looks for whom? Sarah Imenu. Every time we see Sarah interacting in the Torah, you see Din, you see judgment, you see Givurah. The result of that was that Yitzchak now has the flip side. He's Givurah. What does he need to look for? He looks for a woman who's the epitome of Chesed. Now I love the idea that at the end of the parasha. It tells us that Yitzchak brings Rivka into the tent of his mother, and he finds comfort from the fact that he's lost his mother. First of all, if that is not a commentary on Jewish men, that in their wife they're looking for someone to replace their mother, I don't know what it is. But either way, what does it say over there that he's, he gets Nechama from his mother? It says over there that all of the special miracles that Sarah had in her tent were mitkayem with Rivka. Right? It says there was a beracha in the bread, the lights would you know, burn, the candles would burn the, during the week. All different things, miracles that happened in the tent of Sarah because she was a sadeket. This always bothered me. Let me tell you why. You bring Rivka into the tent, she's different to Sarah. She's the opposite. Sarah is deen, as we said. Rivka represents chesed and kindness. So Rivka's miracles should have been different miracles. The way Yitzchak should have been comforted for his mother is, look, this is an amazing wife. She's going to help you build the Jewish people. And you know how? Because every time she tries to do chesed, like as an example, you know what the, should have brought him uh, 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 comfort? It says by Eliezer that she went to draw water from the well. 
and a miracle happened that the water rose to the cut to the to the bucket that she was drawing the water from. Those should have been the miracles that uh, expressed themselves by Rivka. That's what should have made Yitzchak say the answer is no, incorrect. The biracha of Sarah was not that she was givurah that she represented, uh, you know, strength of character. The biracha of Sarah in the tent was expressed that the shiluv, the combination of her and Abraham, provided, created a whole, a perfect, a shalem that brought biracha to the home. When Rivka complimented Yitzchak, that brought biracha to the home. Okay? When HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us that creating Chava is Ezer Kinegdo, is a helpmate opposite him, the Gemara says, well, is she a helpmate? Or is she opposite him? Answers the Gemara, if he merits, she's an Ezer, she helps. If he doesn't merit, Kinegdo. A person should look in his own house and figure out if he merited or not merited, by how much trouble he has with his wife. Is she always opposite him? Then he knows lo zacha. If she helps him, zacha. That's what the Gemara says. But I think there's a deeper meaning over here as well. Zacha doesn't mean if he did mitzvot, his wife helps him. If he didn't do mitzvot, then his wife does. I would have thought the opposite. The answer is, zacha, if a person is done well, what does she do? She helps him. Lo zacha, she stands opposite him. Not as a punishment, but as a fixer. She offsets the problem of Lozacha. So when a person is looking in the story of Shiduchim to find someone, they have to find in what areas do they need complementing. Now, there's no question that in your mind, you think you find someone like you, it's easier to live with. By the way, every guy who ever went to yeshiva or college and had roommates who were guys... They think that when they're going to get married, it's going to be a roommate, but she's not going to smell bad, right? She's going to clean up because she's going to be, she's not going to be a filthy guy. And a, you know, she, they think it's going to be the same, but, you know, different uh, benefits that the person's going to have because, you know, she'll bring style to the place, warmth to the place, right? And they, they're in for a rude awakening, Rabutai, a lot of times. Because guys, they don't mind if it's this, they don't mind if it's that, they don't mind stack dishes in the sink. Right, what's the problem? We'll wash them all together on Thursday. You know, they don't, the guys don't understand the, you know, it's slightly more utilitarian, you know, a little bit disgusting. But the point is, you know, you, and then all of a sudden you marry your, in many ways, a woman is your opposite. It's asking for a disaster, I think. You know, I think, Rabotai, that what we have to realize is that while inviting your opposite into your home, is is a recipe for many different challenges. It's those challenges that actually create a, a, a whole and a happy home. One of you is going to be naturally more of a disciplinarian. And one of you naturally is going to be more of the one that gives the kids that extra love and support. But to give one or the other is to ruin children. To give children only discipline and not love, you ruin the child. Yes, the kid may get more done, but there'll be a broken shell of a human being. You give the kid only love, he feels very loved, but he doesn't accomplish anything. These two opposites are required in creating a child. You know, I'm a person, yeah, I'm not so, you know, I, I'm not so, you know, misudar. You know, I, you know, you, one person is the dreamer, and one person is the anchor. It's not that they're the opposite. If you're not anchored, your dreams never go anywhere. 
So it is that friction and that opposite and that opposition which creates something. Interesting thing to think about this in politics as well. Having an opposition government, you think it's crazy. You know, choose which one do you like, Republicans or Democrats? Let that be the country. The answer is no. Having opposing ideas always sharpens and eventually creates. Every party is always complaining. They took that legislation from us. That was in our bill first. You know what? Halevai, that you should come up with a good idea and the opposition party in the government should expend, extend. And, you know, who can't, it's not about the credit. It's about perfecting and making a better union. Okay, So having those oppositional forces actually always... Over the, long ta- over the long term, sharpens and refines the direction in which a person is going. But Rabotai, it's not just opposition in marriage, which is good. That person in your office that always does things different to you, they're making your workplace a better workplace. That's the definition of bringing these different strengths into the office. Haron, unfortunately, has to deal with me. I'm in some ways the opposite of him. Right? I'm a very quiet person. Aaron doesn't stop talking about that. He's very, very loud also. Aaron is, you know, he's dedicated today in his honor. But if you could dial down the volume a little bit, Aaron, it's uh, you know, a little bit more introversion would probably be benefit. You know, it's, you know, ha- <laughs> the best thing is there's people on this video who never met Aaron. Now they have this picture of a very loud guy by who's bossing people around. There could be nothing more calm and, and serene, even sedate as Haron Shochet. His last name, Shochet, it's, his bark is worse than his bite. He never slaughtered a thing in his life. Okay, Rabotai, I, I just want to wanna illustrate that this is true, not just about Shiduchim. It's true about the office, so that annoying business partner, they're making you better. That family member is making you better. The situation in life that you are in, which doesn't match your personality, that's your rivka. That brings blessing to your home. You are growing only when you are uncomfortable. Hashem should bless us to be able to see this ideal that when we have givurah, we're seeking chesed. When we have chesed, we're seeking givurah. And when we're calm and relaxed, we're seeking to be agitated a little bit, to be uncomfortable a little bit. Being uncomfortable in your religion, pushing yourself a little bit harder than you are then you're con- Rabbi, come on. It's so easy. Every, we're always making it, everything always has to be hard. Yeah. If it's not hard, you're not working. If you're not working, why are you even alive? To, to merit another day means to find another peak to climb. That is the nature of the world that we live in and the purpose of the life that we live. May Hashem bless us to always see the challenges and the difficult and different personalities as our li- in our life not as uh, uh, kilalot, but as berachot. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.